Hello and welcome to the Hoosey Podcast with me, Phil. Some of us rewatch Doctor Who serials in their entirety, as a particular story can sometimes remind us of a particular point in our lives. But more often than not, it's a certain episode within that story that can trigger those memories, be they happy or sad, good or bad. So in this occasional series of audio commentaries, I invite a special guest to select a single episode of a Doctor Who story and come and chat their way through their episode of choice and the memories that it evokes. My guest this episode is an old friend of the show and uh, well, it's none other than Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf Podcast. Welcome back, Martin. Thank you for having me, Phil. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine, thank you. We, we were just talking before we started recording, actually, that it's, um, it's nearly two years ago since we last recorded together. And what a two years it's been, Phil. It's been action-packed, hasn't it? <laughs> Not much going on. No, nothing at all. No, no major world events. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely just nothing. Just the way I like it. Yeah, exactly. If only that were the case, mate. If only that were the case. So, um, anyway, obviously you're, you're here to record a... Um, a commentary. We'll get onto that later about why you selected this particular um, particular episode. But um, I just say before before we begin, uh, we haven't really spoken since um, we've we've had a new doctor. Really, we haven't sort of really spoken about it. So ha- have you have you been enjoying the last couple of series of uh, Doctor Who with Jodie Whittaker in the lead role? It's a weird one because it's almost good. Yeah, and my problem isn't with Jodie Whittaker. It isn't with the any of the cast at all. I think they're all doing the best with what they have. My issues are with Chris Chibnall, and I just don't think the writing is there. He's almost got it. Like yeah. the recent Christmas special, New Year's special, whatever it was. It's almost a classic Dalek story. All yeah. the ingredients are there, but he's just messed it up. And yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on it actually because um, I, I think a lot of people were, to, I think to begin with, were quite afraid to actually speak out and say no, I don't like it, and not for um, I'm not talking about the, the people who are just anti-women being, you know, being the doctor. Oh, um, careful, Phil! Don't get too political. You oh, I know, don't get too political. And, you but, know. Um, no, I think it's it's uh, people are just too afraid to speak out. So I, I didn't like the stories or just saying oh, you know i don't like the the characterization of, of you know the way joe Whitaker's doing it i think people are just a bit too afraid to actually speak their minds at the time but i think now i think people have got used to jodie whittaker being the doctor but as you say they're still not used to chris chibnall and it, and it a lot of people do come back to him as the main reason why they don't like it it's a shame as well because the first female doctor i said this when she was announced yeah that the first female doctor is going to feel a poorer story worse than any previous Doctor. Yes. And people are going to look at it and blame her. Like, I consider my mum the most average viewer you can ever find. Mm. She doesn't like any Doctor after David Tennant. Now, she doesn't know that the showrunners changed. She doesn't know that people who were writing for it back then are no longer involved. All she knows is she enjoyed it when David Tennant was the Doctor, and now she doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's what the average person thinks. So Jodie Whittaker is unfortunately the face of the show, so she's going to feel the 
brunt of all the complaints. Yes, indeed, indeed. I think the because the thing was when she was announced uh, that that the big reveal uh, during Wimbledon that year, um, my entire household just stopped to see who it was, and then when Jodie Whittaker pulled a hood back to to, to for the big reveal, um, my wife went, "Oh, it's her. I like her." And she and thought, oh, that's it. She's now going to start watching Doctor Who. But no, she doesn't like the stories. That is it. I mean, she yeah. she thought the stories were better under David Tennant as well. She wasn't she wasn't a big fan of Matt Smith, but she didn't like the stories and she stopped watching. But I thought Jodie Whittaker would have brought her back in again, and it and it hasn't. It's 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 very strange, very strange. Yeah, I don't like how passive the Thirteenth Doctor is. She's just very, and it's really unfortunate that they've made the first female doctor this way because it looks like it doesn't work. And it looks like it doesn't work because it's a female doctor and not because she doesn't have a strong support behind her. And, you know, it, it was rumored recently that she's leaving. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say who told me, but I had three people contact me who haven't steered me wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. And each yeah. of them told me a variation of the same thing that. Chris Chibnall is often so late with his scripts, they use the first draft. Wow. And I think it shows. That's quite worrying, actually, isn't it? Yeah, again, take yeah. this with a pinch of salt because yeah, exactly. they've been right truth to in that, the past. That would, and... Yeah, that would be quite worrying. Because I thought the going back to when it was announced that Chris Chibnall was, was going to be the new showrunner. Now, I don't know if, I've, I've, if I'm remembering incorrectly here, but I do seem to remember that they said it was going to be like a writer's room approach to each story so rather than having like a single writer contributing the story it was going to be like a, 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 a so this whole room of writers all contributing to the story like they do on american shows basically yeah but, i don't know if that was ever confirmed yeah i, I do remember him re, read reading him in an interview saying that this was going to be the approach but it, it obviously that's not the case is it because you've got the single writer uh, contributions again who know, maybe that was the intention, but budgetary reasons cut back on that. I don't know. Should but yeah. Be. Yeah. Let's just say that in ten years when Big Finish get Jodie Whittaker, they're gonna do her right. Like they did with Colin Baker. Oh, absolutely. Colin Baker is the perfect example because most people wrote him off. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. he came out on Big Finish and he's one of my favourite on Big Finish. He's consistently good. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I must admit, if I, if I, I'm, I must be, I'm way behind on Big Fish. I say this a, a lot on on this podcast, actually. You know, I've I've sort of barely scratched the surface when it comes to Big Finish, but um, I do tend to sway towards the Colin Baker stories because I think he's, he, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I don't think I've heard a bad one with him. And I discovered the Sith Doctor on Big Finish before I discovered his TV era. <laughs> and I was massively disappointed when I got to the TV because I was like, this Doctor's dark, he's great, it's going to be amazing. And then I put the first episode on and I'm like, what the is this? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people thought that when they saw the twin dollar actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey. Right, well, I think actually, funny which we did as a commentary years ago, um, and also reviewed the Target novelisation. So we're just gluttons for punishment. I remember on that. this podcast. <laughs> but obviously, you're you're talking of commentary. You are. See, see, I did that, Martin. That was a nice little segue. That's gold. That is my absolute a lovely gold. segue. It mate. was on the radio. <laughs> um, obviously, you're here to do a commentary. Um, 
so you have selected um, Survival, Episode 3, um, yep. which, as all good Doctor Who fans should know, is the very last episode broadcast of the it classic is. series. So um, as we go through, um, you're going to explain to us why you picked this episode and, and what this sort of um, episode means to you, um, for, for whatever reason that may be. So um, so if we're all ready, should we, should we click play in, the, in a moment then? Yep. Yep. Okay. So here we go, everybody. So if you're going to watch along with us at home, get your DVDs at the ready um, or however you choose to watch it, because we're going to be pressing play in five, four, three, two, one, and play. And hopefully, Martin and I are both seeing the opening titles. <laughs> we are. We are. Yep. We're, and we're off then. And we're off. I've got to be perfectly. This is not my favourite opening title sequence throughout the years of Doctor Who. I, ne- I never did get to grips with this one. It's very eighties. Oh, it screams eighties. All <laughs> <laughs> the doc- that Doctor Who logo either um, when it when it comes up. We're going to get the sex wink in a minute. Here we go. Oh, you got to love the sex wink. Come on. <laughs> and there we go. We there we go, wink. ladies. One for you. <laughs> And here we go, the Doctor Who logo. <laughs> so, um, great. So, why did you pick this particular episode, Martin? I picked this one because I thought maybe it would annoy people that I started with episode three. <laughs> um, but, no, really, I was seven when Doctor Who was cancelled, when this broadcast. Yeah. So, if I struggle and really try, I've got really fractured memories of Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred. Yeah. But I picked this one... Because I have a really happy memory of this that involves you, Phil. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know if you remember, but on my 30th birthday, we went out to London and it was you and Paul. It was yes. me, Pete, and Jared from this part from Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf, yeah. And the Farris Project boys. And we went out, it was my 30th birthday, and we got right pissed up. Yeah. And then I pulled out my iPhone and we recorded a review of Survival. Yes, we did, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. So my favourite memory of this story involves you. So yeah. Oh wow, that's uh, that's, that's a nice little spin. It. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and to put that into the context of how long ago that was, I turned forty next year. Oh my word! <laughs> that that actually that's um, yeah because that comes into line because we've been podcasting ten years in March. So um, there yeah, we that, go. That, that all yeah that because we not long started podcasts at that time. So um, nice so, slow running montage here of uh, <laughs> Sophie Aldred and the cheetah person. That's really cool. But uh, yeah, I must admit I stopped watching Doctor Who when Sylvester McCoy was the Doctor. I never actually watched this um, when it was broadcast. Why was that? I think I just grew grew out of it really. Um, I, I, was, I more or less stopped, stopped watching midway through Colin Baker's um, tenure. Understandable. <laughs> so I've, I didn't see a lot of Sylvester McCoy's um, seasons at all. Um, and I didn't see this when it went out, um, which as a, a, a big fan of the show, um, I feel quite sort of sad about really to, to, to watch it's what we thought then was it's passing really. Yeah. What and was so, the general um, attitude towards Doctor Who at this time? Um, I think it was what I can remember back then, because I say it, 
fandom then isn't what like it is now. It really was. You spoke about Doctor in, in hushed tones, really. Um, so it it wasn't sort of like you know you have the, the forums and and thing you know podcasts and all that kind of thing. So people sort of kept quiet about it, but I think even then it was just like the diehard fans who who were still watching it. You didn't. I don't think you had your casual viewers any longer. And I think it's because they they kept moving it around. Um, yeah, from, from Saturday night to Monday nights, and it went to Thursdays and Fridays, I think, and then I think maybe back to Saturdays again. It, it was it was mucked around all over the place. I think in, in attempts to try and you know get make it popular again, and it didn't, unfortunately. But um, and it has been a while since the since I've watched this story, so. Um, I'm trying to remember what came before episode three. We've missed Halen Pace and, and the uh, the robot cat, haven't we? We have. We have indeed. <laughs> so what, you said something interesting there, and it's something that I've heard from people who were watching in the 80s. Yeah. You said that you grew out of it. Yeah. Nobody seems to grow out of the show these days. They just say, oh, it's shit now. And I just yeah. think maybe you're just, it's just not for you anymore. Maybe that is a reason. Or maybe it is bad now. I don't know. No, I, th- I think then I stopped watching it because I just discovered um, other things like girls and girls pubs. and booze and exactly yeah. yeah. There's there's other things I wanted to do rather than watch or you know talk about Doctor Who. So I've I've kind of regressed if anything over the years. So. <laughs> but uh, the thing is though, I have come to appreciate Sylvester McCoy since actually. Oh, he's I, wonderful. Yeah, because I just really know him. From his comedy stuff, he was on Tizwaz. He was um, on Jigsaw as one of the own men with David Rappaport, you know, the the, the um, dwarf actor who's the Time Bandits, if you know him from that. Yes, yeah. Um, so I know for stuffing ferrets down his trousers that and playing the spoons, which he obviously was, was worked into, into Doctor <laughs> Who. So I was quite surprised when he took over the role. And maybe that's another reason why I didn't like it, because I thought, oh, he's, well, he's comedy. Yeah. But... Uh, do you know what? I I quite like these cheetah costumes. I think for its day, I know they look, look a bit a bit cuddly now, but I think for its day, I think they did really well with it, actually. Yeah, apparently they were really hot as well, as Sylvester McCoy says on the extras, that somebody really just stripped off and ran away. <laughs> I remember that now. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But no, I think it's quite a good makeup effect actually yeah. and it introduced us to lisa bauman who's since gone on to do wonderful stuff with big finish and yes directing exactly. audio plays and stuff which i think I, she's one of the strongest directors big finish have which i and yeah the beneath summerfield stuff which i've yet to listen to i'm afraid so as i say well, i've got a lot yeah. of catching up to do with big finish but uh i do like i do like ace um ace isn't my favorite companion by a long shot but i do i think when it got to this particular series I think a character matured, yeah, a bit more. Um, I wonder how much they were still writing for Mel in the early days because they didn't realise that Sophie Aldred was going to play the companion. Right, there was maybe going to be someone else. Well, yeah, I think that they were constantly trying out other actresses, weren't they? I mean, for, um, I can't remember her name from Delta and the Bannerman. I mean, she was the. Um, she was supposed to they were sort of try and line her up as a companion. Yeah. And then and then they went with Sophie Aldred. Which is fine. I think, you know, but, um, she's really popular. Absolutely, yeah, really popular, Sophie Aldred. Um 
but I think I think she works better in this in this particular series. And I think where they try to get really serious again with Doctor Who because this is quite a serious story. I mean, it's things like Ghostlight um, and Fenric. They try to you know, it's not really play for comedy anymore, is it? Yeah. Sylvester McCoy's Doctor's not mucking around, you know, playing the spoons or pratfalling or anything. You can tell from when he switches out his jacket that there's yes. a darker tone. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I must admit, I, I do like that costume he wears now. Actually, the, the brown jacket, I think it looks. Yeah, cool. I've long wanted to get one of those umbrellas, but I've never got round to it. I think you. Is, is it Lavazzi sell them? Don't they? Yeah, Lavazzi do them. I know yeah. Chris from the Faros Project had one custom made. Oh wow! Blimey. But that was back in the day where they weren't readily available. Crikey! No, I've forgotten here how they can flip backwards and forwards here can you can you remember that or was it just by will they get back i think because ace is changing she's got the power ah right so they had to hold hands with her to do it but i like the bit where the major's just like no a black dude a black dude that was it (laughs) interestingly isn't he sophie doll's dad who is roll doll's granddaughter i believe so um it's something holloway isn't it um Oh, what's his name? I should I knew I should have uh, looked up what his name was. Now his father was um, Stanley Holloway, um, who was a very sort of famous actor. Looked did a lot of British comedies. Um, okay. And I th- I'm trying to remember what the, he was famous for a particular song, which they always used to play on. Um, well, this this dates it back in the seventies with Ed Ed Stewart's Children's Choice on a Saturday morning. I think which Tony Blackburn took over. Oh right. Um, in the end. Yeah, something Holloway. Um, oh, crikey. What should I think of his name? Julian Holloway, that's it. That's it, yeah. There's probably people screaming at their phones There probably right is. Now, because Julian Holloway was in a couple of Carry On films as well. Um, oh, okay. He was the, he was the coach. He was the coach driver in Carry On Camping, and he was also in Carry On Up the Kyber as well, I think, as Sid James was. Um, adjutant, I believe. So... Uh, and again, it's just weird seeing... I think he has done other series... Oh, Karen Lovin, he was in that as well. So I'm, I'm letting all my, my knowledge of Carry On films here. Um, yeah, it's... Um, it's just, again, it's weird seeing actors who I just associate with comedy doing a more serious role. Well, it's interesting because Vince Gilligan, who um, is the showrunner of Breaking Bad, yeah, he says that he likes hiring comedians because comedians are always acting. They're always putting on that persona at the front, no matter what's happening in their life. Like they could yeah. have a family member that's died that week. They will be up on stage giving it all their giving it their full attention and being their on stage persona and it would never slip. Mm. And I think that's why so many comedians end up suffering from depression, is because they're just always on. Yeah. But yeah, Vince Gilligan says that comedians bait the best actors because they are always just naturally acting. Now I just watched Midge walk into the into the boxing gym. That is such an eighties <laughs> outfit, crikey! <laughs> just to start, Mitch. <laughs> what do you think of Will Barton as Mitch? Um, it's kind of uh, a bit hammy to a certain. Christ, that that the way that guy's wearing his baseball cap. That is um eighties eighties. Like that's also like he's an extra from a Pet Shop Boys video. To be honest. <laughs> Oh, and actually killed that girl, little girl's cat as well, which I think is quite dark. That's Adele Silver, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. Yes. And the extras of this are really funny because you can tell she remembers none of it. <laughs> and they've just briefed her before and they're like oh remember when you were here and she's like I feel yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's amazing that she went on to be something great will barton is actually a really funny man i've heard some interviews with him all oh, right over yeah. the years i think our friends at the Ferris project have one. Oh, okay yeah i think they interviewed him at hooverville and he's just a nice guy a funny guy and yeah, it's a shame. I think this was one of his first performances, so yeah. maybe that's why he's a little bit off. Oh dear, bad cat man. Oh dear. Now, the thing is, um, Anthony Andy always said this is how he wanted to play the master from the beginning. Okay. Um, because he's not cackling, he's not over the top. It's quite a subdued performance from him, and I think it, it does work. It works better. So I think I think yeah. John Athens always wanted to go over the top all the time. So and I hate using the word pantomime associated with with with, with Doctor Who, but it was he was like a pantomime villain. Um, yeah, this, you're right. He's, he's a lot more serious in this, and I think it it and the costumes better. He's lost the penguin suit, and I think it works a hell of a lot better. So is Anthony Ainley's master meant to be a different one to Delgado? Yes, I guess is. he is. So. Um, for a while, he just decided he wanted the same beard. I, I think, again, that was John Nathan Turner. Then, because everyone associates the master with, with Delgado, with, with, the, with the, um, the goatee and everything. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you, you had the, the Peter Pratt and... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. The, the one who did... He's on Big Finish. The Keeper of Trarkin. It was Liz... Um, Jeffrey oh, Beavers. Jeffrey Beavers, yeah. Caroline John's husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to complete blank there. Yeah, no, he's um, obviously he Jeffrey Beaver's doctor regenerated into Ainley's doctor. If you remember right, okay. Yeah, from the Keeper of Trakan because Antony played Tremus, who was Nissa's father, and he's, That's he's right, yeah. and he stole Tremus's body. So um, yeah, I can't, oh yeah, that's it. Julian Holloway gets killed off now, doesn't he? That's uh, does he die? I don't remember. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Yep, another one gone. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say the size of that gym, they've got a little six-foot snooker table in there. I thought they could have got a full size one of the size. Yeah, that <laughs> I mean, I remember youth centres. Do you remember them? Youth clubs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're not around anymore. If they were, they'd be shut down now, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I once went around Perryvale. Oh right! After okay. watching this, I was like, "Oh, I might go and see what's still around." It's still recognisable. The flats are still there. Really? Yeah, the shops all look different now, but you can still see what was originally there. Crikey! I was about to say before Midge appeared on the horizon with his motorcycle and his and his uh, and his gang. That was a nice little effect with Sophie Aldridge's eyes changed back. Yeah, again, there, weren't there issues with the contact lenses? They, they look bloody painful, to be honest. So. Yeah. Oh, there we go. He's giving Mitch the horn. <laughs> <laughs> Just the tip, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, 
Here we go. Here we go. Sorry, I find myself just watching it. I know that that is the problem doing commentaries. You do actually just, you get wrapped up in certain scenes, don't you? But uh, yeah, here we go. This is quite well done, to be honest with you. Um, For 1989, this is really yeah, good. It is really good. For a BBC a, budget on a show they wanted dead. Yeah, exactly. The editing on that, on the bikes crashing and the, and the cut to the explosion, was I thought was pretty well done, actually. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, look at the, look at these guys behind them. They look like rejects from Take That auditions. <laughs> it's like the kids from Fame have turned up. And, <laughs> <laughs> and now he dies. Bam. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Isn't McCoy now ass up? Somewhere, yeah, I think so. That is such a, a, a trope of when you think someone's dead or someone has died, we found his hat. <laughs> well, this is, this bit's generally intimidating. Like, what were they going to do to Ace if they got her? Yeah, I know exactly. Though I dare say, what's happened to Ace right now? She would tear him limb from limb. To be honest with you. But... <laughs> Oh, here we go. Lisa Bowman to the rescue. Yeah, you also get the whole subtext throughout this whole story that Ace is gay. Yes, and you do, that, yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder if they'd have had the series carried on, had they would they have carried on with that at all? I don't think so. I think they would have hinted at it. Because, I mean, even just the hint at it in 1989, I, I think he's quite it's bold bold yeah yeah considering in 1996 that's when ellen DeGeneres came out and shit kicked off god yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i remember the son having the headline eastbenders when eastenders had two gay oh, well, characters yeah, with um colin and barry wasn't it yeah, yeah and this would have yeah. been around this time oh god you remember the eastbenders bloody hell can you imagine that these days <laughs> God, so I, say, stupid. I say we, we have moved on I'm, I'm i'm very pleased to say but oh, thankfully I, I don't think we've, we've moved on quite enough really at the moment have we we seem to be we seem to be going backwards in certain areas especially when it comes to um electing tolerance complete <laughs> uh, tolerance and electing complete nutcases as uh as presidents yeah who would or, have thought uh, there'd be an american president president who fucked prostitutes wanted a space force and we wouldn't like him yeah Amazing that, isn't it? <laughs> Here he goes. Here he goes. McCoy. That's it. So he's... Uh... So we, we just took over. With... <laughs> oh, dear. I don't think he got there. I don't know. <laughs> we just talked over the fact that the, the master just murdered Lisa Bauman there. Yeah. And again, that was, that was quite grim. Yeah, it is. For a sort of family show, to be honest. When would this have gone out? Like tea time? Uh, it, yeah, it's always been, it was always an early evening kind of thing, Doctor Who. Even, I mean, even when they sort of moved it to Mondays, it was it was on in the slot base that's now reserved for the one show, really. Oh, right, yeah. But I do miss the Saturday tea time. I think that's that, I think that, maybe that's why I don't look back so fondly on this particular era of Doctor Who, because 
Um, I was when I think of Doctor, I always think of the, the you know the Saturday tea times and I'll watch it around me nans or something like that. And and then when that had finished, the Generation game would come on. My mum would leave the room because she absolutely bloody hated that show. So <laughs> was that the Jim Davidson era? No, this would have been sort of like the eighties. That would have been sort of. I mean, she never liked it when Bruce Forsyth did, but this would have been, I think, really the. The sort of like the Larry Grayson era. That's what I remember oh, right. leaving the room for. That was like the late seventies. I don't know if anybody watched the Jim Davison era. I've got no idea. I remember it being like because I would have been a teenager when the Jim Davison era was on. Yeah, and it was a big show. Was it? I just, I, I never watched it. I yeah, yeah. People it. forget. I, yeah, that's the thing. He was popular, wasn't he? Believe it or not, Jim Davison. He used to have his own show on ITV, and it's crazy to think now. And it? it's ever, crazy. Yeah, yeah this because McCoy wasn't fitted for contact lenses because they told him he wouldn't need them. Yeah, and then he had, I think he borrowed someone else's. Oh God! So when he's got tears coming out of his eyes in a minute, he actually had tears coming out of his eyes. eyes. Saw, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like this because we haven't, up to this point, I don't think we've really seen the Doctor and the Master really sort of grapple like this. No, this is the first time. Yeah, I think they had a little, they've always had a little, I mean, Pertwee and um, Delgado never really did this. So they had, you, know, you had the, the sword fight in um, uh, The Sea Devils. But not like nothing like this. Though. I think like Tom Baker and Peter Pratt's master had a little bit of a, a to-do towards the end but it was nothing like that though no do you know the fan theory around this bit no is that the woman coming up now that blonde woman there the fan theory is that that is jackie tyler (laughs) why do they always try and figure try and find ways to link it to the show all the time (laughs) yeah i think she's just a random blonde woman yeah i think so as well she looks very familiar though yeah, I recognise her. No, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought she was, for a moment, I thought she was, um, oh, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was in The Bill. Oh, yeah, she was in Desmond's as well. I know who you mean. Oh, that's right. She was, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now they come and get the cheetah person that's yes. now a human. I mean, so I have like sort of, you know, people on horseback and all that. I mean, it's not, Especially in the costume. Exactly. It doesn't come cheap up all that either, does it? You know, having a sort of the master of horses and all that, but... uh... you got to pay for the training. Yeah, exactly. Uh... I think this is such a lovely little end to this era of of Doctor Who, really, what's coming up in a moment. It is, and I love when she says, let's go home, and he's like, home? And she says, the TARDIS. Yeah. I like that. This is sort of, this, the little speech that Sophie Aldridge is doing now is kind of like that one where she tries to be all sexy to that soldier in The Curse of Fenric. And um, it's just awkward. <laughs> yeah, it is awkward, yeah. Because what she says in Fenric does make a lick of sense. At least that did. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she was turned yeah. into a cat, so... <laughs> Look at that smile. You can tell these two got along. Yeah. 
I love this speech. That's the great thing they still do now. And this speech at the end, I know it was sort of dubbed on as as a as an afterthought um, once they realised that this was it. Um, but I think I think I just think it's a nice way to wrap it up. But also saying well, it's not really the end because it did continue, didn't it? It did. What in other, was in other ways? What was it like when you heard that this was it? There was. Um, were you surprised? I, said, I was surprised, and the part of me was quite sad, actually. Um, even though I wasn't actually really watching it, and so I never watched this when it went out on broadcast. Yeah. But I think it's that it's that thing of knowing it was always there, and, and then it wasn't really. I think that was that. I think that was that's how I could sort of sum it up. It, Doctor Who was maybe that's why there was such apathy towards it. It was just there. Maybe people took it for granted. It's yeah. like that elderly neighbour that lives opposite you, and you see them every day, and then. One day they pass away and you realise, oh, I miss seeing I miss, her. Yeah, I miss that yeah. person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, oh, uh, well, so the end, we're, that's, we're approaching the end, um, end, the end of the end credits now, actually. But, um, and I still think those credits are hideous. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of the so-called Cartmel master plan? Well, he's sort of denied it, hasn't he, really, that he, he never had a master plan. Um but I quite like the fact that they've, he was alluding to some, make the Doctor more mysterious again. Yeah. Um, and I, I quite like that idea about, you know, you, you had sort of, um, sort of Rassilon and um, Omega and the other. And it was always alluding, was the Doctor the other? Um, and I think what Chibnall's done now, uh, he's kind of taken all that mystery away. To a yeah, certain degree. I, know, I, guess... I know he's he's replaced that mystery with another like oh no, no this is my mystery like that that mystery wasn't good enough and I've now with the doctor's leaving <laughs> from Gallifrey and she's the the template for 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 Time Lord society and regeneration and everything. Um, mm. and I think that's uh, one hand yeah it, it's sort of it's added mystery but on the other hand it's also taken that mystery away if you see it's, it's kind of a back backhanded. Yeah, I guess there's also the point of view that the master could be an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Because the person who tells us all of this is the master. He could lie. He could do. Um, I think that's what people are clinging on to. They cling on to that theory. (laughs) (laughs) If Chibnall goes with Whitaker, the next guy's undoing all of this. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But... uh... Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because obviously, as you said before, we started doing the... uh... The commentary um, next season could be Joe Whitaker's last season. Um, as we're recording, we don't know if that's um, if that's the the case or not. It's all still rumor, um, but uh, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? It remains to be seen. Yeah, I could see it from being cast, as in when she actually got the job, not announced, to when she leaves. She'd have had the role five years. Yes, she would have done. Yeah, yeah, free series on screen, but five years actually physically having the role, and I get why she would want to move on. Yeah, exactly. I would as well. And I, it's a punishing shooting. Oh, it's like as fifteen, well. sixteen-hour days. Yeah, for nine months straight. I know that's. Inc- I mean, okay, I know this time we've got a shorter series coming up, but you're still going to have those seventeen, eighteen-hour days. Um, yeah, it's probably made even more. Okay, you got a shorter um, episode length, but because of the the record under COVID restrictions, that's going to make it even longer. 
Yeah, and plus you've got all the self-isolating time that they're probably going to have to do. They need to travel internationally. Yep, exactly. Who you knows? We had uh, John Bishop um, diagnosed with COVID. Yeah, his so wife he's had, had to, it too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's had to step away from production till, um, till he recovers. So th- there's an awful lot to take into consideration now, isn't there? Yeah, but Doctor Who fans won't be happy. They won't understand why there's not 22 episodes. And... <laughs> I know. I think when it when it was first announced, well, Big Finish can do all these episodes. They can keep recording. Why can't the TV production? Well, they can put their actors in a cupboard in their house. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They don't have to be in the same bloody room to do it, do they? So. I um, mean, if we want 12 episodes of just the Doctor and Yaz in the TARDIS going, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. And yeah, mate, we can get that. Yeah. It won't be any good, but no. we can get that. But... <laughs> There's no pleasing some people, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some people want 12 episodes just set in the TARDIS. Maybe they do. <laughs> more, more for them. <laughs> well, Martin, that was that was great. Thanks for um, uh, thanks for sort of joining the, the, the podcast once again and, and, and doing this little comment. We didn't speak too much about the episode, really, did we? But it's more about... Um, I thought you, you picked my brains more about 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's just because, you know, I was seven exactly um, exactly yeah but phil <laughs> thanks for having me on mate really enjoyed it no and good like it's... i said you are linked to survival always because that was a month before my daughter was born so i already had one child at that that time yeah and then my daughter was on the way and it was kind of like the last night i knew i was going to be able to do something like that just to go out with my friends yeah on the off chance and I hadn't been podcasting for so long. You hadn't been podcasting for that long. And it was nice just to be out with like-minded people and just have a good night. And yeah, recording the podcast outside the pub. I think it was freezing fucking it cold. It was freezing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys all stood there and indulged me while we talked about it. And that is one of the best nights out I've ever had. And you're, oh, you will I'm, forever be linked to my memory of survival. Oh, I'm, I'm very glad to be part of it, mate. That's that's a, that's a... <laughs> Nice memory for me to take away now as well. So that's the, thank you. It's uh, I, I I just look forward to the day when we can stand outside a pub recording uh, a review again in the in, hopefully in the near future. Well, it's my fortieth next year. Oh, there you go. Then that's what we, that's what we got to do. <laughs> I had my fiftieth this year. I, I I think I was the only uh, the um I think by then the the lockdown rules were slot I'll say 50 this year it was last year sorry we we're in 20, 2021 now it's 2020 yeah. it was 50 um yeah we were able to to get together um Paul Tony and myself to have a have a drinks we all turned 50 last year um, oh, well. and their, and their birthday drinks was done over a zoom call so <sighs> <laughs> it's not the same it's not the same it really isn't the same so um but before we wrap this up Martin um would you Please tell um, our listeners where they can find your marvellous podcast. Okay, well, on my socials, I'm at Bad Wilf on everything. So Twitter, Instagram, the other one. Um, <laughs> it goes to badwilf.com. You can access all our episodes. We're on all the podcast suppliers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Audible, I believe we're on now. Yes, that's correct. Um, so yeah, yeah, if whatever you use to listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. And if you're really, really desperate and can't find us, Jared will come around your house and perform for you. 
I don't actually know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the listener wants. He's up for anything. Like, that's Jera to Alder, that is, isn't it? So. <laughs> well, Martin, thanks again for um, for coming on. And I say, please, everyone at home, please do li- subscribe and listen to Martin's uh, Martin's podcast. Um, it's I've been a long long time listener, so it's uh, well worth your time. It really is. Thanks, so, Phil. That's uh, lovely. Good stuff. So it just leaves to say goodbye. So thanks for listening at home, everybody. And um, we shall see you again soon. So it's goodbye from me, Phil. It's goodbye from me, Martin. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss a show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and if you have time, leave us a quick review also. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts or Amazon Music and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to leave us feedback, you can do this through Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast and also through the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. You can find all of these links on our website who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk. Yeah.